Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about, well, whatever we want to talk about. At the end of last episode, we had a funny suggestion holding up topics on a notepad for the other person to read that they haven't seen before. And we thought about it and you know what? Sounds like a pretty good idea. So Connor and I have eight different topics that we're bringing to the table today. All sorts of things. It could be football contracts, where teams are going to pick at the end of the year, which quarterbacks would you take over Caleb Williams that are currently in the NFL right now. So many different things that we get into. It's a great time. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell, the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sykema. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys on a midweek edition of the show. If you checked out the mock draft that we did on Monday, salute to you. We appreciate it. We got a ton of comments, ton of traction. We're still going back and forth with you guys going over the, the results of our latest mock draft. But Connor, at the end of that episode, we had an idea as we often plan the pod on the pod. And it was Always. a totally random thought that we are actually running with because we saw a couple of comments. We actually got a couple of responses of people who said this would be hilarious. This would be a great idea. It'd be informative. It'd be fun. So we're doing it. The structure of today's show is that Connor has a notepad and I have a notepad and we are going to literally hold up topics, questions, statements that the other person has to respond to. Neither of us have seen the questions, statements, whatever it is that no. the other person has written down. So Connor, it started off as kind of a throwaway at the end of the episode as we were dilly-dallying around wrapping up the podcast, but here we are, man. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, especially from the ones that I've written down already. I think so, too. I was having a blast while doing this. I, I was thinking about it on my drive to work this morning, different ideas, because quite frankly, Trevor, the industry you and I are in, what this show is all built around, more often than not, is very structured. Now, the... The addicts and everybody that's listening to the show knows you and I can get off script as good as anybody in the biz. But for the most part, you get your mock drafts, you get your analysis of games, you get your prospect rankings, and you get discussions like that. This is the first time in a long time where you and I could sit down and just chew the fat on topics that we'll see where it goes. Right. So I, I really, I really can't wait um to do this i think it's going to be really funny and i think it's going to be a chance for us to talk about some stuff in a, a different way than we usually get to also i want to i want to say this is the beginning of the podcast because if anybody is noticing so if you'll notice that the door is now over here on my screen that's because i had no idea that while we are recording every single one of these episodes i've actually had my camera flipped so when i tested it and held up the letters and the words they were all completely backwards so now i'm flipping it over and uh now you guys are seeing me in actual real time so if you wonder how the door went from one side to the other well i've been bulking up and i've been lifting a little bit so i just <laughs> picked it up and i moved go. it to the other side of the room but no it, this is going to be fun man i agree um some of these are are more serious than the others uh, you know, right. some of them i think will will answer a little bit more seriously than the other, but I've got a couple in here that I think could have some really great discussion. And as I was thinking about these, these questions and statements and everything to write down, I also thought about the people who listen to the show and how, man, after this episode, I can't wait to get into the comments and hear people kind of going back and forth and get to talk about these things with you guys as well. So brother, you want to kick it off? You can, uh, you can do the honors and do the first one if you would like. Yes. So I think keeping and, you know, we love our YouTube audience. So you guys stay pat. You're all good here. You could you could see it yourself. I yes. think for our audio only people, Trevor, when I hold it up, it's yes. probably best if you read it. OK, this is this is good. This is this is well thought yes. out by you. This is why you are the pro co-host here on this show. Well, I get a lot of practice at this during my day job with fantasy football happy hour. I often forget that we also do the show on Peacock and YouTube and all these places. But there is a large audio only base. People it's that true. run, work out, whatever. So I, I got used to like reading stuff out loud. And it's just kind of one of those things. So let's kick it off. This is a half serious, half fun one this early. OK, here you go, Trevor. Right off okay. the top. OK. These QBs play where in 2024? Caleb Williams, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins. And as I see it on mine, 
only on as we record this. I tested this before and made sure it wouldn't be backwards, and it's looking like it came <laughs> yeah. up backwards for you. So good job of that. I like that uh, our recording platform decided to pull that one on me, but a good read by you, my friend. No, I'm just extremely dyslexic. <laughs> it all worked out for you. Like, like worse than the letters switching, the letters being completely re- reversed. I don't know uh, the medical terminology for that one, but okay. So where will the quarterbacks play? 2024 Caleb Williams, Daniel Jones, and Kirk Cousins. Oh, man, this actually goes really well with one of the questions that I have because the first name that I would want to tackle would be Daniel Jones. And I would tell you that Daniel Jones is going to be on the Giants. Like, right. I think that the, the, the deal that he signed. It's a two-year deal minimum. I think that whether or not he's going to be the starting quarterback, and we'll get into a little bit more of how possible or not possible that would be in one of my questions. Um, I think that he he has to be there, right? Because what's the dead cap hit next year? Isn't it still like sixty nine million? It is sixty nine point three million, and even a post June is forty seven point one. God, I'm a sicko that I just know yeah, that yeah, off wow. the top of my a, head. Golly. A trade post June. What are you June doing line? to me, Giants? You got me looking up Danny yeah, Jones' contract was- already. A trade post June one is eleven point one. I just don't see it. It's I kind no. of put him in the middle there as a landmine. I was like, I know Trevor's gonna say he's gonna stay with the Giants, but I think it's a really interesting thing we're talking about right now. Right. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, that's that's one that you and again, I think we're gonna be able to expand that conversation a little bit in one of the questions that I have because you look at that and you would say from the contract, oh, of course, like he's gonna be on the Giants next year, no question about it, but depending on how high the Giants pick, that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to be the starter, especially if Brian Dayball is, continues to be as not happy with Daniel Jones as felt like we saw um, the other week. So, okay, Kirk Cousins, where is he playing next year? He's the toughest one, right, of the three? He's, he is. Yeah, because I think Caleb Williams is Chicago. Like you so, are well, yeah yeah basically i think that one's too easy somebody in the comments said that we uh that we need to come up with another will levis you are a cult and i i said back to him i was like it's got to be natural it's got to come up very naturally right yes. caleb williams you are a chicago bear i feel like is too it's not easy. as fun because he's the number one overall pick as this as it stands right. today where will levis like as we saw, right. Will Levis could have gone anywhere in the draft. We didn't know where Will Levis was going to go in the draft. We didn't know where where the, the, the Colts were going to be picking in yeah. the draft, but the movement uh, continued, and, oh, man, we were so close. I, they're very happy with anything to reach a shin. They should be. Yes. Good job, Colts. So the first, the first destination that I have that pops out that we've talked about before is New England, is the New England Patriots potentially being a landing spot for Kirk Cousins because – yeah, I wrote a mock draft, and we talked about the mock draft, uh, th- this scenario uh, about back on Monday. It's do you do you think that a non Caleb Williams or Drake May quarterback is going to be enticing enough for the Patriots to draft one between, let's say, picks seven and fifteen? Maybe, but maybe not. But I think that the Patriots and Bill Belichick specifically would convince themselves that, hey, if we sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason and then go we, we go draft Malik Neighbors and we sign one other wide receiver, right, maybe this looks completely different. Maybe this offense gets to be completely different. So that's the one that I that I come I like, back I, to I selling myself on the most is, is the New England Patriots. I agree. I think that it makes a lot of sense. Now, I guess the biggest thing you'd have to wonder is Cousins, you know, his preference is pretty clear how comfortable he, well, he's in Kevin O'Connell's system, which derives from Sean McVay. And he obviously was very comfortable in Shanahan's system. Brock Purdy kind of changes everything because we know Shanahan's infatuation rather to Kirk Cousins. Now Mm -hmm. you have Brock Purdy, who could genuinely just be younger Kirk Cousins in a certain way for Shanahan. So I kind of don't look at San Francisco anymore. Gotta get it is Cole, a, he's got to get that Coles sponsorship if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> did you did I, the, from the QB documentary how like his entire closet yes. is just like it looks like he's just you know straight Coles. 
Which, I mean, he's the quarter zip king, basically, is what it oh, looks dude. like. I mean, we, let's be real, though. You know, if you live above, I would say, the state of, like, Georgia, we're all it's, aspiring to just be the quarter zip king when, it, when winter yes. comes around, you know? We're dude, all it's, trying it's, to look that good. It takes over the uh, entire city of New York in about three weeks from now. So, man, I can't even come up with another one that just aligns so much until we know where the draft order lies and that's why i think new england is the most logical because you're right they're just never gonna they're never gonna be a team that picks in the top five we don't think i but they're I have, also not good yeah i have two other ones that are okay possible the titans are one of them for if sure they really don't believe in willis or levis Yep. But I find that tough to believe given the fact that both Willis and Levis and Ryan Tannehill as well at his best in Tennessee, they bring you more of that running option where Kirk Cousins is not. So that's the yep. one where I think there's an opening, but I don't love it. The sneaky one. I wonder if we're thinking the same thing here. A return to Washington? Oh, I wasn't like, but and I'm not. I'm not trying to throw sam howell to the wayside we we a long oh. year here and sam howell has looked good at times and of course he's looked like the, a young first time starter at times if the year goes poorly for them and cousins becomes available and if that defense still looks as stout as it can be a year from now and that receiving core is still pretty dang nice and they make some investments along the offensive line to get younger more talent in there whatever it is Washington, even with Philadelphia and Dallas in there, they could convince themselves that little reunion here, they could be competing for that division or at least competing for some sort of playoff spot in the NFC. So that's a that is a sneaky one that as I'm looking at the standings and the, the rest of the teams in the NFL, I could envision. You know what? One of the sneakiest ones, and this is even a little far fetched at this moment. I just wonder what the uh, what this looks like in a couple months. Say Kenny Pickett just doesn't show any oh, progress this boy. year, any progress at all. Oh, man, it's this. It's too early, and I, once again, I don't think this will happen. Yeah, but how much better do the Steelers look with Kirk Cousins at quarterback with all those weapons? It, I mean, there's there's no way around it. Better than the what they have looked lately because Kenny has not been good this season. Yeah, so. behind a, ba- a bad offensive line. To be fair to Kenny and. Now Kenny's but Kenny has, up. but Pickett but has also own, not in looked a great. Like I, I love, I love Kenny, but he has not looked good this year. I and agree. if you, if you're simming the season, it's not getting any better. Maybe it is a little bit tempting. I wasn't thinking of the Steelers, but um, maybe that one could be a little bit tempting. All right. Um, you want to do my first one? So you went with the bears for Caleb Williams, right? Yeah. Simple yeah. As I, that. Yeah, right. I do. I'm like, I'm excited for this. Okay. So bears for Caleb Williams was my answer. Um, New England for Kirk cousins and still the giants for Daniel. Jones. Right. Okay. All right. This is my uh, this is my first one. I don't know how spicy this is going to get. We'll see. But here you got You got to you got to read this yep. one now. How many NFL quarterbacks are you for sure taking over Caleb Williams? Wow. OK, good. Get spicy. Well, this is this is really, really good because I am on the side like I've seen some outrageous takes on this exact topic before. OK, OK. All right. So let's get right into the. The easy ones. I was going to say, should we, how do do you want to do it? Should I like throw out a name and you say yes or no? And then we talk about it. If you want to do it that way, or I could just rip them, rip off. Okay. So by division quarterbacks, but if you want to throw names at me, I'm ready to roll. This is a fun one. No, let's do the division. Let's go division by division. That's that's We'll start in the AFC East. Okay. Now, now this, this is like dynasty thinking, right? Because when I get to the jets, like, obviously for next year I'm taking Aaron Rodgers, but obviously I'm taking Caleb Williams over anybody they have for the long term. You're thinking long. Yeah. We're thinking long term. I I wondered how much we would get into the contract situation part of it, but I guess I think that's fair. Kind of go through. Yeah. As, as the, as the season goes on. So it is basically, would you take this quarterback over Right. Caleb Williams in his situation for him to be on your team on a rookie deal. Okay. So in the AFC East, the only quarterback I'm taking over him is Josh Allen. I would and agree. I, 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 I want to make this clear. I like Tua a lot. I was a huge Tua fan before that draft. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think he is functioning at a very high level in a very, I don't want to say user-friendly offense, but Tua deserves a lot of credit. I'm still taking Caleb Williams over him. So out of the AFC, only Josh Allen. I would agree. I'm taking Josh Allen. West, I am still taking both Mahomes and Herbert over Caleb Williams. I think Herbert is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yep. Um, I'm obviously taking Caleb Williams on the Raiders over Jimmy on the Broncos over Russ. Yep. In the AFC North, I am taking Lamar Jackson over Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. I am putting Caleb Williams on the Steelers over Pickett. I am putting Caleb Williams over Deshaun Watson on the Browns. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, just because he's been hurt and he's playing through it and he looks bad, I'm still taking Joe Burrow over Caleb Williams. I would so, agree. so far out of the AFC East, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. In the AFC South, these might be the only six, too. I am taking Caleb Williams on every single team. Every yeah. single team, including Jacksonville. And throw every shot you want at me. No. Oh, man. No, I, 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 and I, you know what's crazy is, like, this is like September rookie hype. But this is crazy because this division, the quarterbacks, the young quarterbacks look so good. They like, do. Shroud looks so good. Anthony Richardson from an explosive play rate. Looks so good. Trevor Lawrence has not been what we expected this year, but we know he's still going to be a high-end top 10 quarterback in this league, especially what he did the second half of last year. Tennessee, obviously, I'm taking Caleb over anyone, but Caleb is that kind of prospect where I take him over all four of the starters in this division. Am I crazy? No, I I wouldn't say crazy. I would disagree with you with Lawrence. Okay. I, I would take I would take Trevor. Over over Caleb Williams, I just and I totally get it. I think that's probably the closest one we'll have on here. I would agree. I think that this is probably this is probably where the line is. I wonder how many other. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I wonder how many other quarterbacks we're going to get in here because, to me, when I was going through this exercise after I wrote the question, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, those were. Did I miss one? I don't think I, I think you one. got it. Those were the those were like the six. Those were like the big six. I'm trying to run it through in my head. I guess we'll get to the NFC ones, but Lawrence was the one I went back and forth the most on. He's just when it looks, it's it's hard to discount too because we haven't brought this part up. These are guys who have already succeeded at the NFL level. Right? We are, ta- you we are talking about a player who has not taken an NFL snap yet. And for as alluring yes. as he has been since his true freshman season to his Heisman season to perhaps even his second Heisman season this year, he's unbelievable. And I think that goes into the fact that we even have this debate, but I'd still take Trevor in the progress that we have seen from him. Cause you got to remember too about Lawrence throw the first year out. In fact, right. the first year probably did negative damage to this no, guy, the, the early start definitely. of this guy's career. So I really do believe that certainly from what we saw in the progression last year with Doug Peterson working hands-on with him, and even from some of the flashes that we have seen this year, although it's been a little disappointing for the Jags, when it is on for Lawrence, it's it it's as good as it can be for a franchise quarterback. And because I've already seen that at the NFL level, I'm still taking Lawrence. So I, I would go Lawrence there, but I understand the flip-flop. It's That's a good debate. I think it's really difficult. I mean, there's certain aspects where I'm taking Lawrence. I, I still think Caleb has to work on things in structure from the pocket. And I really like, I don't think he is people painting this picture that he is this perfect prospect or he's tailor made Patrick Mahomes when he comes to the NFL are very, very off. But the ceiling and the floor right now are pretty insane. Here's where it gets funny I'm not doing division by division in the NFC. I am taking Caleb over every quarterback not named Jalen Hurts. So you would, so you would I, take. I make sure I didn't t- miss anyone. Right, yeah. but you you would take Jalen over Caleb. Uh huh. Yep. There's probably Caleb. a conversation there. I, I'd take Caleb. I'd yeah, take Caleb. I get I, it. I would I would take Caleb over Jalen. So we so we're we're both at seven. We just have a different final seven. Yeah, you take Hurts. I would take I would take Lawrence. Right. Who, and I'm trying to think who the fringe guys are in the NFC. There's like, there's not, me, there's not even right. really any. Right. When you there's went not down. any. Yeah. Stafford's older. Stafford's playing unbelievable, but he's, he is, he is older. So great quarterback. He's just you know, older. If, if you need an NFL game, you got to win this week. You're taking Stafford, but 
in that situation, you're obviously taking Caleb over the rest of those guys. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's, I'd take him over Dak. I'd take him over Goff. I'd take him over Derek Carr. Take him over Brock I, Purdy. Kyler. Uh, yeah. I'd take him over Kyler. I'd take him over Gino. Although, I mean, Gino, that's salute as well, but yeah, I, the, I would take him over every, every NFC quarterback. Yep. It kind of speaks volumes of the contrast of the conferences. I know you went through you went through the AFC's quarterbacks, and when you were three divisions in, that's why I was like, "Are these the only six? Am I forgetting? It's like, crazy. <laughs> it's great. And like, even if we had this conversation a year from now, it, the AFC South picture could be totally different. Like Richardson and Stroud and Lawrence all have a ceiling high enough where it's like, man, I really like them. Honestly. Like right. that's how high the ceiling is for all three of those young quarterbacks where it's yep. going to be a conversation where in the NFC, I just don't really, um, I don't feel that way. All right, so. there we go. We got the same six and then you would take Hertz over him. I would take Lawrence over him. And those are our seven. That's one that I can't wait to hear what people have to say about it. I wonder right. how different people are. Maybe they're a lot higher on Caleb Williams. Maybe they're lower on right. different quarterbacks like Lawrence or, or Burrow or like whoever it is. I, I'm, I'm wondering if we get people who are going to argue, Hey, I would take two and what I've seen this year over an unproven Caleb Williams. Who hasn't I don't think they're crazy. The and I, I I would love to hear from people. I'm, I'm wondering how, uh, how opinionated you guys would get, but uh, those would be my seven and I'm sticking to it. All right. What's your next one? The next one. I want both your opinion and what you think will happen. Okay. All right. Shadur Sanders stay or go. It kind of sounds like he's staying, doesn't it? It it does, but September, October draft conversation is a hell of a drug. Like it's wild how quickly things can change. Now, it the coach being his dad and building something is right. a different variable than your normal NFL prospect, right? And um, so I guess maybe you just give your opinion then. If if we do feel like it's leaning towards him um, staying to help build that Colorado program, you know. I can't remember where I initially saw this, but I saw this on Twitter and I actually liked it. Shadur is emulating what Teddy Bridgewater was at Louisville. You remember Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville? Hell like, yeah. I he do. was so clutch. He was so accurate. Precise. Just, right. Just fantastic anticipation. Ball placement was beautiful. Um, not the best athlete, but a dude who could move, a dude who could extend a little bit, who kept his eyes downfield. And I think people think of what Teddy Bridgewater has been at the NFL level, and it's kind of skewing what we thought of Teddy Bridgewater when he was playing at Louisville. And when I saw that on Twitter, I wish I could remember who said it first. I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I could give you a shout out, but I love the comp. I, I really do love the comp because Teddy was somebody who I absolutely loved. If Teddy doesn't go through his injury that he went through in Minnesota, maybe we're talking about a different story for him. I, I don't I don't know exactly how much it would make a difference, but I thought that he was getting better. I thought he was playing better. And then obviously that that injury was just catastrophic for him. And I think um, it was Ryan Roberts, by the way, not to cut you off. Was I saw it Ryan? Ryan. I saw Ryan tweet out that comp at some point over okay. the week. And okay. then I was I was like, yep. Well, salute to, yeah. well, salute to Ryan because yeah. I I did I this that when he said it I was like I love it and Bridgewater back into the first round quarterback he was somebody who I thought should have been picked higher in that draft and I feel as though Shador is kind of that same mold right now I know there, there were conversations about him potentially competing for QB three um, I think that he would have needed the like a win over Oregon or the win over or USC to kind of have that kind of hype to him because for as much as it is tape evaluation, there's a lot of hype that goes into how highly you are drafted, especially as a quarterback as well. So I feel as though Shadur at the end of the day could be wrong. He could just catch fire and just be continue to be incredible. But back end of first round, early second round is kind of where I feel like his status is going to land. And if that's the case, I don't think he's going to go like, I right. think, I think his dad's going to kind of say like, Hey man, look at all the young talent that we're going to get next year as well. Colorado's going to be even better next year as well. It, you're, you're now already firmly on the radar. You're getting better receivers. We'll have a better O-line next year. We'll upset more teams next year. And obviously Travis he gets Hunter's to play. Thing. Right. And to. obviously he gets to, to play for his dad for another year. So 
I would tell you he's probably going to stay. Um, what I would do if I was him, I'd also probably stay. Honestly, now that I, now I, I'm thinking about this question for the first time, but this quarterback class is loaded this year. If you don't have to fight it, don't don't fight it. Like I think right. he's going to be, I think he's going to be just as good, if not better, next season. Now, do I think he's going to go to the moon next season? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But if you don't have to fight this quarterback class, don't. Especially if you're kind of like a fringe first round pick now. So, you know, if, if he was a for sure top 10 pick kind of a player, you go. But I don't know if he's, his stock's really going to get up to that point. There's still some limitations, I feel like, with his game that he still needs to take that next step um, when it comes to seeing things and recognizing progression even a little bit quicker. I, the ball placement and the accuracy and the clutch factor have just been brilliant from him. But you know, it's, the arm strength, it's going to get his arm strength is not as good. And it's going to get measured against guys like JJ McCarthy, guys like Drake may guys like Caleb Williams, you know, like these players who had these cannons for arms. And I think that his arm is good enough to succeed at the NFL level. But again, it goes back to the Bridgewater comp. That's kind of how I felt with Bridgewater. He doesn't have this howitzer of an arm, but it's good enough to succeed at the NFL level. And he's accurate and his ball placement was good enough to play so that's a really long answer i feel like i'm rambling now but I'm, I'm thinking about it for the first time i think he stays and i'd probably tell him to stay too i think there it, we live in a world now where shador is obviously very marketable anyway he plays yes, quarterback totally. um he's an exciting player he's got the you know the wrist celebration like he does his own thing he's obviously at a program where there's a lot of tension and i say all of that meaning there should be great NIL opportunities for this young man where he's, he's not just playing for free, which is very important and good for him. And I think most importantly, Trevor, is the point you made that the situation at Colorado should only get better on top of his draft situation should actually only get better because you would be eluding a quarterback class that should be just as deep as 2021, should be just as deep as... Like you have... The blue chip, no doubter, number one at the top, we think, in Caleb. I think Drake May will have higher grades league-wide than Zach Wilson had. And mm -hmm. I think that there's still the depth that that class had where you had Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. You said it. You have J.J. McCarthy. You have Michael Penix. You have Bo Nix. You have probably Riley Leonard. Probably, right, yeah. The, and a lot more. There's Penix a lot. And, uh, yeah. Penix and Knicks are, are are two more names who I think just the arm talent is higher. Right. Doesn't so mean, it doesn't mean they're going to be better quarterbacks. You know, we'll figure that out. But the the raw arm talent, if you don't have exactly. to match yourself up against some of those arms, maybe it's maybe it it does behoove him to go back. Yep. Uh, all right, we'll get to my next one. Before we do that, uh, this time of year, it's fall. It's for getting back into the routines, the back-to-school routine, the back-to-work routine. You're forming your checklist. And the most important task on that checklist should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. They're designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family's budget, with quality policies like million dollar coverage in less or for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you all online to your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That is M E E T fabric.com slash Stock exchange policies issued by Western and Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, time for my next one. This one, um, this one kind of goes into your first question a little bit. I want you to put in your crystal ball. I want you to answer what is this. The, what is the order of the top five at the end of the season? So you tell me who's picking top five and you tell me the order. All right. I will say the Bears pick number one overall. With their pick or with Carolina? I was trying to cheat it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want their, an answer. Their pick. Okay. I'll say with their pick. Okay. The Bears pick. Now, the funny thing is with the Bears, although I guess this is kind of a totally irrelevant point because they just lost to the Broncos. The Bears' schedule 
is not insane. Like you would think they. Oh, is it kind of winnable? There's games where you think they could steal one out. Like they play the Raiders at oh. home. They, they're home against the Raiders in a couple weeks. They play the Panthers, as you and I nicknamed the Caleb. Well, it's not the Caleb Williams Bowl, obviously. That's not the Caleb Williams Bowl, but um, it's what, just what, hilarious because they own Panthers both picks. Fair, right? <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to frame it the right way, and it just was total, you know, word vomit. It is. They play the the Cardinals are pesky. I'm not considering the Cardinals a layup game anymore. Shout out nice to Josh word. Dobbs. Nice word. Good word. Uh, Chicago, okay, so I'll go Bears number one with their own pick. I'm gonna say. Oh man, this this is really tricky. By the way, I'll say Bears... the Broncos pick number two overall. Ooh. The yeah. spice factor. Man, I, I think we're going, I feel like Sean we're going to a tie there. joint. My guy's out here ordering tie hot number two overall. Let's go. I can't do that, by the way. My stomach would not. Uh, oh, no, it's it's brutal. It's brutal it. out here. Oh, okay, okay. so uh, just to give some people some analytics, because this is a <clears throat> PFF podcast, the Chicago Bears have the 26th toughest schedule remaining according to our simulations. The Denver Broncos have the fifth toughest schedule remaining, mm. and they are only scheduled to have an average wins. This is, again, through all the simulations that we do. Denver's average win total is 6.2 wins. Chicago number one at 5.1. Um, and then I'll read the other ones off as we kind of get to them. Sorry. So you're saying Chicago one, Denver two. Yeah, if Denver loses to the Jets and Denver's at home this weekend, they have... The Chiefs and the Bills as three of their four games after that. Oh, Chiefs twice and the Bills. Oh, it's easy. It's yeah, super easy. Yeah, it's Layup fine. win. So Denver at number two. I'll go with the Panthers, which it, the pick is owned by Chicago at three. Okay. Panthers average wins 5.1. So also tied with Chicago. And the okay. Panthers have the 22nd easiest schedule remaining. They had a pretty easy schedule going into the year. So Okay. Then I'm going to say, man, I might go with the Raiders at okay. four. All right. I think I'm going to go with the Raiders at four, which they're a weird one because when Jimmy's healthy, they have a capable offense. But I just think, I don't think, we've seen it on the internet, they don't like their head coach at all. Devontae Adams, I don't really think, wants to be there. It's just, it's kind of feels like a powder keg ready to explode. Oh, great team, term. My, how, many how many times, how many times did your dad use powder keg when you were growing up? Because mine used it all really? the time. I can't, re just I can't like remember. Anytime there was any like, like wacky, screwed up situation, he'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it's powder keg. And if, like me at like six years old, I'd be like telling my friends at the playground, I'd just be like, yeah, it's a powder keg, you know? <laughs> your teacher, your third grade teacher is like, what the hell did this kid just say? We're playing four square and there's just a ruckus going on. Teacher comes <laughs> over. She's like, what's going on here? And I'm just like, yeah, it's a powder keg. Powder keg. Oh, man. That's something, if the day ever comes that I have children, like the stuff I'm going to accidentally say around them that they will parrot to school is my biggest fear my biggest fear so okay so the raiders i have at four okay. and the weird they're, they're a better team than that but it just feels like a situation that's not going very well raiders average wins 6.9 um and they have the 19th toughest schedule remaining so um lower half of the league but we have them as as at at 6.9 average wins you ready for number five? Oh, i'm ready the New York Giants. Oh, buddy, I'd have them higher. I honestly think the Raiders are a better team than the Giants, but it's the this whole is, AFC this, NFC. This was the tie-in teaser that I had with Daniel Jones because uh, when we got to this question, I knew that if you hadn't already looked at the Giants' schedule, you were going to look at the Giants' schedule and go, oh, whew. God. This I, might I mean, get the Giants' schedule moving forward. I don't remember. I cannot remember if we talked about this on on the show on Monday. But Giants' schedule moving forward, it is the number one most difficult schedule in our system and in our simulations oh moving boy. forward. It's the toughest schedule in the NFL. They go at Dolphins, at Bills, then Ugh. then Commanders and Jets, then Raiders, Cowboys at the Cowboys, Commanders again, then it's the Patriots, then it's the Packers, then at New Orleans. 
at Philadelphia versus the Rams, Philadelphia to end the season. That is brutal. Find me five wins for the Giants on their no schedule way. this season. You I can't find you five wins. You can't do it. Not find you five wins. You cannot do it. As I'm sitting here, you want We're to talk about We're going to get old takes exposed, but you can't. <laughs> I, I, yeah, probably, which is fine. I think if you're a Giants fan, honestly, like why do you want to pick outside the top five? this season no the team's not good mm. enough to matter in the playoffs i would want the higher pick it's just a matter of what they actually do with it because i think ownership is so committed to daniel jones that i for it to matter they would need to take a quarterback unless they got the problem is then you go down the whole road of you know fashanu and all but they just took evan neal and i as i sit here and see this evan neal is had just took a blowtorch to the fan base literally while we were recording the show oh, what did he say he said among his comments this is from Daryl Slater, who covers the team from uh, for NJ Advanced Media. OK, among his comments. So this is just a slice. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? Buddy. This ain't Tuscaloosa. Person who's he, flipping burgers. He's fans and dogs, in the tri-state. Helping block club. Ain't gonna make block some arteries. He might be doing a little bit more blocking than Evan Neal's doing. You know what I'm saying? That's all oh, I'm saying. No, he went say. there. That's he did I'm it trying to, to say. That's all I'm trying to say. Look, I think that Evan Neal, obviously, like I'm having fun. That's gonna get clipped, and I'm gonna regret that. And I'm sorry. Uh it was a joke. And I think that Evan Neal could be perfectly Don't fine. Me up. But he's struggling. Like he really yeah, is. This is somebody, this is somebody I love the pick when it happened. I still think that he's Bam. got a great outlook. It just takes some time for these guys, especially when you come from a level like Alabama and you got a great offensive line around you. And we talked about it a little bit on this show. Evan Neal was able to dominate because he was just physically bigger than a lot of the players that he was going up against at the college level. Doesn't really fly like that at the NFL. Very rare that you are just that big and strong that you could dominate pros. You really have to win with technique. You got to win with footwork. You got to win with flexibility, all this kinds of stuff. And so that could still be in the cards for Evan Neal. But I mean, yeah, depending on what direction they want to go, like you go get Olu Fashano, man, and you kick Evan Neal inside, all of a sudden you got you you got Andrew Thomas uh, on one side. You got Olu Fashano on the other. You got Evan Neal sitting at guard. You got John Michael Schmidt sitting at center. Like that could be nasty. So it's going to be nasty. So, it could be a lot better than whatever the hell little, this has been. You, hate you with a little bit of a zinger, Giants fans. But then I showed you a roadmap to rebuild. I mean, they're just we, sick right we, now. We but rose from the ashes. I think the rational Giants fans, you know, who have kind of accepted what the season has become, are probably sitting there yeah, like wanting, like they probably want to hear that they're going to be picking top five. Because once again, what does a couple, couple wins do for you right now? You'll get a couple, but what does six wins do for you right now? Neil's already given up 25 pressures this year. He's had the season from hell. The complete season from hell. There's no way around it. That's not good. good. Uh, All right. So, okay. So your top five then was Bears, uh, Broncos, Panthers, but Bears. Yes. Raiders and then Giants. Okay, that's if if I were doing this exercise, I think it's going to be Bears with their own pick at one. You want you you want to say it, you just can't spit it out. <laughs> Which one? The Giants at two? Yeah, you're saying the Giants at <laughs> two. I kind of think it's going to be the Giants. No, they're going to fit. No, they're going to figure it out a little bit more than that. No, Dable is still a no, very good no. coach. Bears, Bears via the Panthers, Giants, Raiders, Broncos. Is that who I'm going? Where's Where's the Where's the power rankings? What do we got here? Broncos. Oh, Vikings. Mm. No, nah, it's going to be the Broncos. All right, so we were close, close to the same order. All right, are you next? I'm next. Okay. It's kind of a little fun one here. So the caveat that I'll say the caveat after you have to read it. All right. Better dynasty value. Drake may or Marvin Harrison jr. Super flex. Obviously most dynasty leagues are. Oh, so you're talking from a pure fantasy football perspective. Yep. Dynasty league. 
your dynasty draft is today. Sorry that you do that. I do know people that play in high stakes dynasty leagues that draft before the players get drafted, which is wild. Obviously, the league you you and I are in, Trevor, we don't do that. That's just pure talent evaluation. And that's kind of what I'm throwing at you here. Uh, well, I have Marvin Harrison Jr. one spot ahead of Drake May on the big board. <laughs> so I might have to say Marvin Harrison Jr. But quarterbacks are king in Superflex. But a guy that you think could be a top three wide receiver at yeah, the level Drake, is also. And, yeah, but and Drake can run. Like he's got I a little know, bit of I, scoot to him. Drake is going to be insanely valuable in dynasty but it's also marvin harrison jr this makes me feel a lot better about the question that you didn't have like a definitive response yeah i'd probably go marvin harrison jr he's safer yeah he's safer he is safer yeah so I'm, i'll I, be the i'll take i think the i'd go drake out. may oh you are gonna go with drake may i think i'd go with drake may what you, is it just, just because the, the like the rushing angle like he's gonna give you the rushing in the yeah. super flex angle, I, I've I'm in a league right now where I'm trying to rebuild my quarterback depth chart, and I was lucky enough to be bad enough last year. This isn't the league you and I are in; it's in another one. Um, I was lucky enough to be bad enough last year that I had the number two pick, so I got Anthony Richardson. Oh, but I'm nice. so thin at quarterback that I'm still trying to fill the second spot, and it just kind of proved to me this is the first dynasty league I ever did. I clearly, you know, was learning while doing this for the first time. Uh, please come back, Tom Brady. I'm begging you. I haven't given up on you yet. Uh. <laughs> we did it. So I was in a dynasty league where um, I think, look, look, you know how it goes. Anybody out there who's done dynasty leagues before, sometimes you get a group of people who are like, yeah, yeah let's do a dynasty league. The league will last three years, four years max. Right. And then people will stop caring about it and you won't do the league anymore. It'll be fine. So I only cared about the first two years of the league when we did this dynasty <laughs> league that I signed up for. And I went old and talented as yeah. hell yeah. i had gronk i had brady i had I've, all these dudes that were just going off in their later years and um i didn't end up winning the title but um i got close so that was just i guess the story of my fantasy football life though all right okay so this one is i think there's i think there can be layers to this question i'm gonna start it off by saying this well, let's first talk about this from the perspective of the Cincinnati Bengals. And then we can talk about this question as a broader team outside of the Bengals maybe trading for this player. And that is this question here. Second contract, T. Higgins or 2024 first round wide receiver? So Higgins, so so Higgins mm-hmm. contract is up at the end of this season. He is projected to probably get top 10 wide receiver money. I'd, I'd say top five. Okay, top five wide receiver money. If you are the Bengals, this year is not going so hot for them. So right. let's just say they're picking somewhere between 10 and 20. You might have the opportunity to pick any wide receiver not named Marvin Harrison Jr. in this upcoming draft. Would you rather take a first-round wide receiver on a rookie contract or sign T. Higgins to that second contract if you were the Bengals? Will somebody trade me a first-rounder for T? Let's talk about the trade aspect of it in a second. Okay. Would you, given the Bengals' current situation, because we'll we'll talk about what we we feel like the Bengals should do in a second, but given the Bengals' current situation, you just signed Burrow, right? Got to pay Jamar. J- Jamar is coming up next. Are you entertaining bringing T back on that kind of a contract if you are the Bengals? Or are you just saying, nope, let's go get a first-round wide receiver? So you said top 10. I said top five. The answer probably actually lies somewhere in the middle. So Diggs is the fifth highest paid receiver in the league. He makes an average of $24 million a year. And the T's going to make a little less than that, but I think T's going to make close. a little less than that. The problem close. is the 10th highest paid, I believe, is Keenan Allen, who makes 20. It's going to be more than that. It's yeah. probably right around Terry McLaurin, who makes 23.2. Yeah, I would so, agree. So, say Jamar is going to be the highest paid receiver in the league. 
So Jamar's, Jamar, Jamar's at least going to be, I don't know what it's, top four. Let's just call it top four, and whatever. Here's the issue, though, with that. Justin Jefferson is going to get paid before Jamar. Right. So Tyreek makes 30 a year right now. Jefferson is going to ask for more. Like, I think Jamar's going to get 30 mil a year, like Tyreek did. So mm-hmm. you I, can you really allocate over 50 million to them? I guess you could, in theory. But... Oh, this is brutal. Because also T is twenty four, so it's not like you can make the argument. Well, he's young and he's good. That's he's it, young it, and he's really good, and he should ask for wide receiver one money. That's the conversation that we had with your first question. Like we're talking about a situation God, where this is I, brutal. I think surface level, a lot of people would immediately go, "Yeah, twenty twenty four first round rookie." That's they not would. Marvin Harris. Like, give me Keon Coleman. Give me, uh, give me Malik Neighbors. You know, like get, like give me any of those yeah, wide receivers. Buka, right, and, and people and people would be cool with it. But those guys haven't played it down yet. And if you right. move on from T Higgins, even if you tell yourself we're going to draft the first round wide receiver, one you don't know who it is, and two they still haven't played it down in the NFL yet. T Higgins has played it down in the NFL. He's pretty damn good when he's healthy, and obviously when things are going a little bit better than they are for the Bengals offense currently. So people are going to be kind of shocked by this, but I think I'm going to pay T-, T Higgins. Okay. Because my argument is the trans translation rate of the type of receiver T Higgins is, is pretty awful. And what I mean by that is the jump ball above the rim wide receiver. T Higgins mm. caught 19 of his 33 contested catches last year. That's pretty incredible. That's insane at the NFL level. He caught that eight is touchdowns. Pretty incredible. I can sit here for yeah. reference for people, just because I know this off the top of my head because I just wrote an article about it. Everybody thinks that Keon Coleman is like this god of contested catches, and he is right great. I'm not taking that. I'm not taking anything away from him. He has hauled in four of his 14 contested catches this year. Now, those four have all been on Sports Center. So, yeah. <laughs> so they've been incredible. They've been clutch. Yeah. They've basically all been for touchdowns. So, I mean, like those are impactful. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. But when you think about how good T. Higgins has been in that category at the NFL level, 19 yeah. of 33 is nuts. I'm paying T. I I am not going to fall victim as a man who does the draft year round like mm-hmm. yourself to that the grass is always greener even in a great wide receiver class you found one at pick 33 in this era of the nfl salary cap where because of the tv deals this thing is going to explode even further than it already has i'm going to pay t and make the rest of my team better with that pick you know so now now let's we can bring in the conversation about Right, because I don't think you can get a first rounder for T. Higgins. I don't. Damn. Simply because not not that he is if it's in a vacuum, you could get a first rounder for T. Higgins. I just made the argument for a for a wide receiver that we talk about as a top ten top twenty pick coming up because of the money. It's because you have to trade a top asset for him and then pay him a crap ton of money. There's just not a lot of teams that have the ability to do that or would want to do that. If the Bengals can yeah. find somebody to give them a first round pick for T Higgins, I think they should take it. I really do. Now the the next couple of days or sorry, the next couple of weeks we'll get a much clearer picture of that, but I think that's the way that I'm leaning because you're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. You've already got Orlando Brown on 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 contract. You got DJ Reader on contract. You got Trey Hendrickson on contract. Um, Joe Burrow is obviously there if I didn't mention Joe Burrow, but like you already have a ton of money allocated to a lot of other players. You're in a winning window. So that's okay. You, you want to be in that spot, but I think this is where I would say, if you can get a premium draft asset for him, that is better than the comp pick that you would lose. If you let him walk, I would, I would, I would franchise tag him. I would never let him walk. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Okay, okay. So, like, that that option is is there as well. Um, Certainly, while they're in their window, and while they don't have to pay Chase yet, you franchise tag him. I think that that makes sense. But I think I'd lean... I would... I think I would lean not giving him the contract. Okay. In Cincinnati. You ready for my fun one? 
Not that he's not worth it. Again, I want to make sure that's very, very clear. Not that he is not worth it. Just for Cincinnati and where they're at. I don't know about that. Yeah, hold on. I gotta, I'll got. i get your phone oh, yes. in a second. We're well, back you got with some another fun week. yourself. We're, we are back with another week of football. Fun week of football, I should say. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets throw down five on any on any of this week's fun and epic matchups and you walk away an instant winner DraftKings season stopping there all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this september football is more fun when you're in on the action so download the app now sign up with the promo code pff new customers can bet just five dollars and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl with promo code pff the crown is yours if you got a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in connecticut help is available for problems with gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort licensee partner golden nugget lake charles 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gambling resources as well. Uh, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility deposit restrictions apply. Hit me with the fun one. Let's go. Let's do it. This will this will really stir it up. Okay. <laughs> do you recline on a plane? Um, I'd rather see this. How much longer this podcast exists? No, I don't. Good there, lad. I knew you wouldn't. There have been. Now, obviously, if I look back and there's nobody behind me, yeah, I'll recline. That's a different ball game, partner. Right. But there have been We're so talking many, packed house. There have been so many times when I've just been so absolutely tired. And uh there were, I mean, in my in my youthful plane flying days, I used to kind of just recline and I was like, Yeah, it's not going back that far. What's the big deal? And then and then somebody did it to me one time and I was like, Oh, what a turntable. What, what is <laughs> <laughs> pulling a me on me so that's so fun having uh, someone sit in your lap and take a nap on the plane. right right and so i uh i i don't do that anymore um i'm i am not a i am not a plane Even? seat recliner no right 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 i i you know there's so much plane etiquette that is so wild that i feel like i see people taking their shoes the off sh- the bare feet oh is, what are you i am so like, terrific i look i'm from the wild state of Florida. Okay. Yeah, we grew, there's we no grew, rules. We grew up barefoot. All right. Like it's just like, I, I, I won't, I'm not somebody who we even like wear socks in the house that much, or, you know, my fiance kind of likes it when I don't have my bare feet everywhere, but like, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear socks in the house. You know, like sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll walk the dog in the little yard next to us and it's bare feet, but even I would, I would never even fathom taking my shoes off on a plane. Come on people. Planes are disgusting. You're in a tin can 30,000 feet yep. up there. Yep. A, a tin can full of germs that usually smells like shit half the time, depending where you're sitting. I also can't. I I, I won't. Like I, I will not fart on a plane. I mean, it's like you truly do, do not it. respect society. I, I, I won't do it, man. <laughs> like, like there, I've been on flights where people are just ripping them dude like, you can't have a soul <laughs> you what are we don't doing? have a soul like you don't care about the better good of society if you're letting that go you absolutely do not it is i wonder if there's people listening to this podcast they're like no nah, it's a two-hour flight like i'm if i gotta, I gotta rip one i gotta rip i gotta if go anything, i gotta go if anything go i will the like, that's the thing it's so I, easy you get it keep you your shoes on Go to the bathroom if you got a fart. Don't recline onto someone's <laughs> lap. It's these are not difficult things, man. These are not. We're not asking for much. We're really not. Don't give the flight attendant a hard time. No, please. Yeah, these are really easy things, man. The carry-on wars of of 2023. Oh, the carry-on wars. I had somebody. I think I was. It was one of the times I was flying back. For, uh, I can't remember if it was for coming back from Europe or if I was traveling for college football. I had a dude grab my suitcase, like in the thing. Of, I sat down on the plane. Mm-hmm. I put move my, it? Yeah. So this is back when I traveled for work. So fortunately, I was I was you know boarding. I was flying every, almost every weekend then, so I was always zone one. So I'd get on the. I would always 
I'd never check a bag because time was everything back then. I'd like to get off the plane and go right where I had to go. And especially when I was going home, this is when I was going home. I put my luggage right above me like a normal human. Mm-hmm. And a dude comes on the plane like super late and grabbed my shit to move it. And you can imagine what my face and reaction looked like. I Basically, the hand was on it and I was like, don't move one more muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, grabbing someone's luggage is... You're like in a John Wick movie is like one more move. It's, it's worse than farting on the plane. Like, and the bar of that is super high to clear. It's super high to clear. Man, people that travel, they are something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, being in an airport and being on a plane, you learn a lot about the human race. You, you do. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot more about the human race, particularly Connor Rogers, from this last question that we have here, um, oh, no. which is a very intricate one. And if you can't read all of it, I understand, but it is a famous meme uh, and you guys can look this up and you can get a little bit more clarity on it. But have you ever seen this meme? And can you read it? To defend you, the rest try to kill you too. Oh, to defend you, the rest. Yes. Okay. I know exactly where this is going. You have to pick two of these and then the rest are trying to come to kill you. Okay. Yes, I have seen this and this is the first time I'm giving it legitimate thought so two are fighting on my side no matter what i'm absolutely taking the five gorillas for anybody listening to this if you don't take the five gorillas you are already dead because the five gorillas will defeat you and whoever your allies are gorillas are the most savage animals that walk this earth since the dinosaurs died i agree with you completely hold on let me (laughs) let me read them let me read them off just so the people listening audio only know if they haven't seen it before so the categories and you get to pick two of these 50 eagles 10 alligators three grizzly bears, seven bulls, one guy with a shotgun, so like a human with a shotgun, 15 wolves, 10,000 rats, five gorillas, or four lions. So you have to pick two of these, and then, yeah, the rest are coming to kill you. So you're you're going with five gorillas. I'm going with five gorillas. Okay, here. No, I got to keep I don't want you to have to hold it the whole time. I'll tell you what I'm – the 10 alligators are out. They're not on my side. Seven bulls are out. Too sloppy. Uh, four lions. Not enough manpower as much as I do love myself. Some lions by my mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Fifteen wo- wolves are very, very uh, good strategic. fighters. Yeah, yeah sure. they're very strategic. They're very smart. They fight in a pack. They know how to f- uh, cover a lot of territory. Three bears are out as much as bears are an absolutely great companion. We got the gorillas. And- very strong they're slow the gorilla is the more powerful version of the bear and i have five of them so as much as rats are pathetic it's pretty hard to overcome ten thousand of them if they are attacking you like they're trying to kill me yeah i unfortunately think i have to take the ten thousand rats because you take the ten thousand rats hoping that they're enough of a distraction for everything else trying to attack you and me and the gorillas can actually go to work on what's left of everyone else you said me and the gorillas as if it was just like the boys chilling, going to get Modelo's <laughs> yeah. on a Friday at five. <laughs> like I feel better about my odds. I think the toughest opponent is probably the Eagles because they have the aerial attack. Mm. I'm hoping that the 50 Eagles are distracted and go after the 10,000 rats. So say 50 of the Eagles go after a thousand rats. Me and the gorillas definitely have our hands full. Like the guy with the gun is going to kill one of the gorillas and then he's going to die from another gorilla. 100%. Yeah, we're probably not able to beat the wolves. That's the tough part. It's pretty tough. tough. You got to, you know, you and you and a couple of the gorillas, uh, the KD has to be like above, like it's got to be above two and a half. You know, like we're pumping out like Hall of Fame numbers because I think the rats could do a lot of damage for you. The rats are the sneaky one. My answer is also five gorillas and 10,000 rats. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know. I was wondering your strategy. No, that is also my answer because the sheer numbers of it, like you can't, like there's no other combination that you can have that defeats the 10,000 rats. Exactly. There's no no other. If you let the other side have the 10,000 rats, you got no chance. You have no chance. You have to take them even as much as you don't want to because it's not a sexy pick. Right, because because how many how many rats would it take to kill a gorilla? You know, like what? Uh, 200? Just just like they're ravenous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep, like yep. 
So like what, 200? All right, so to kill all five gorillas is only going to take 1,000 rats? Then you get 9,000 more? Exactly. Yeah, you got to If you go the numbers game, the rats... It's an analytical pod, so you got to go the numbers game, you know? Yeah, exactly. We're just playing the data. (laughs) Basically, I thought like how... What's that route to surviving the longest? And if you don't include the 10,000 rats, well, you're dead right away. And if you don't include the gorillas, you're dead pretty quickly. You can't really escape a gorilla. Right. Um... Right. Rest in peace, Harambe, of course. I mean, yeah, I think that has to be the combo. The one that really tore me up was I do like the wolves because of the pack mentality and the strategy. And they're fast. They're really fast. Like the speed of the wolves had me intrigued. But you have enough speed with the stupid rats. Rats are fast when they want to be. Yeah, that's (laughs) the answer. This is a tried and true, true uh, meme. So if anybody wants to Google it while we were go- while we're going through this, you can do. I think it's literally just called like to defend you. The rest are coming to kill you, and it's going to be the first thing that you find. I, I when that was hot, that meme, and it still is. It's one of an all, all timer. Yeah, that's- it blew my mind how majority of society underestimates the gorilla. Right, right. Like people treat gorillas like they're, I don't know, pretty weak on the animal chain. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the gorilla could probably take the guy with the gun and rip every one of his limbs off pretty quickly. Oh, with ease. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the gorilla, (laughs) like you said, like depending on what kind of gun the human being has, like if if the human just has a a shotgun, he might get two shots off and the the gorilla that he even shot would probably still rip his face off. He's not getting one reload. No, no. He's not getting one reload. No. Even with sleight of hand. But one man army, you know, then, you know, then you can think about if you got one man army, then all you need is 25 kills. You got a nuke and then it's over. And then it's you- over. Every- but everyone's dead. So, no, it's true. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. And then we're back. To I, the uh, I, I'm curious what the comments think. I personally love the format of the show. This is the most fun I've had on any podcast in a yeah. really, really time. And we're not saying it's going to be something we do every week, but when we're sprinkling in. You know, it's a good way to catch up on hot topics and then also do our usual summer nonsense, a slice of our summer nonsense. Well, I hope this was. I hope this was a really good, yeah, combination of those things because I, th- I think we hit some nice NFL topics. Uh, we're not overloading on what you might be seeing elsewhere and some other shows that uh, no slight to them are fantastic covering the league in their own way, but we're always trying to be a little bit different. This last ad read that we have is actually very topical for the last two questions that we had. Our friends at Manscaped are back. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code PFF to get 20% off plus free shipping. 20% off free shipping using the promo code PFF at manscaped.com is 20% off with the promo code PFF free shipping manscaped.com. Looking for something as sweet as candy, get yourself a handyman from our friends over at Manscaped. All right, brother. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I think that's a show. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, not really. Um, I'm looking forward to, I think, the return of What Matters Most next week. Do I have that right? Yeah, we'll do What Matters Most. Yeah, We'll do What Matters Most. We'll jump into some stock watch at some point in the week, as we always do. Keep you guys updated on the latest with the NFL draft. And that's it for me. Yeah, Um, yeah, man. Good times. No, it is. It's going to be. It's gonna be good times. We got more great college football coming up. What was it? Did yeah. you see the thing that was going around uh, Twitter the other day where it's like we just started fifty-five straight days of football? You know, like it's either college football or NFL football. Football is on for like is it because action is days. is Tuesday Wednesdaying again? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. then you got you always have a Friday game, Thursday night football, the Friday night game, oh, Saturday wow, slate, Sunday NFL. There's... This is football. nobody lives for this more than my father, by the way. Like when Maction starts on Tuesday and Wednesday, he usually calls me Big and he's, trying to get bets in. And he's not even that's the sickest part of it, because the reason just, I watch 
Tuesdays and Wednesdays is usually just, in a bag. He's just watching Raw Dog. Nothing. He's funny. just raw. He's just raw talking Tuesday and Wednesday football. Um, I mean, this is the type of like he was the first person I knew that ever talked about Carson Steele because Carson Steele. Oh yeah. Before he transferred to UCLA, was playing for Ball State as an underclassman. Right. He's like, dude, you got to see this kid on Ball State. Like, I watched the game last night and I'm like, it was Wednesday. What do you? And he's like, oh, there's games on Wednesday. And I'm like, and he gets really depressed. Your dad's out here scouting for you. He said, he did. No, he really, he really does. He finds, he genuinely finds me usually two to three players every year, um, which is some of my secret sauce. So it's, it's, it is very, very funny. I appreciate his raw appreciation of football being on every single night of the week. <laughs> well, we know that your dad's going to enjoy football the rest of the week. You guys enjoy it as well. We'll be back with you on Monday to give you what matters most from the upcoming week in the NFL. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you on Monday.